Say hello to a new era of mental health care. Cerebral is here to help you achieve your mental wellness goals with professional therapy and medication management support. 100% online. You'll experience the all-new Cerebral way, an innovative approach to mental wellness designed around you. You'll get a personalized treatment plan from a therapist, prescriber, or both in a safe and judgment-free space. Your cerebral therapist or prescriber will outline a customized plan with clear milestones along the way, so you can get to feeling your best. With Cerebral, you're not alone in your mental health journey. We're here to empower you to live a fulfilling life. So take that first step towards a brighter future and sign up today at Cerebral.com slash podcast and use code ACAST to get 15% off your first month. Offer only valid on monthly plans. Other exclusions may apply. Offer ends July 31st, 2024. See site for details. Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. Hola, socios. Hola, equipo. My name is Neil. I'm Liam. This is John Nurnberger from Kansas City, Missouri, USA. Maury Field near Brisbane in Queensland. Edinburgh. Barcelona. And I'm a socio. I'm a socio. I am a socio of The Big Interview. Hi, my name's Neil. I'm a socio of The Big Interview from Maury Field near Brisbane in Queensland. My favourite episode of the last season was the one with Sir Les Ferdinand. I never realised that he'd actually played in Turkey at the start of his career. Every time I listen to an episode, I always learn something new. Keep up the good work. Thanks. Welcome to The Big Interview. I'm Graham Hunter. Welcome to the show. I went back to Derby County's training ground recently to speak to Shea Given. He's part of Frank Lampard's coaching staff, along with Jody Morris. And you can all see for yourselves that things are going well. A talented trio, a talented team. I first met Shay uh, behind the scenes at Michael Carrick's testimonial at Old Trafford, liked him. And the fact that he was a top-class goalkeeper for so many years, for several different clubs, and also played elite international football for Ireland, allied to the fact that he's got an interesting life, is a characterful, funny, articulate man, meant big interview guest. The full interview with Shay is only available to our socios, our members, at patreon.com forward slash Graham Hunter. Join us, I urge you. It's a very small contribution each month. It's worthwhile and you'll enjoy it. Otherwise, for everybody else, here's a short trailer of what our members will be listening to when Graham met Shay. armed robbery taking place when you're in a yeah. in a hotel in Port Marnock. Yeah, can you talk me through that? <laughs> it's random, isn't it? Yeah, it's funny because it's kind of like a split level. So there's the, the reception was we're in a restaurant, like say we're sitting in here now, and above us was the reception. So the stairs up to the reception were about I don't know twenty yards away from where we were sitting, and there was just just uh, the whole team was there. The, you know the staff. Who's we? The, who who are the, we, the Republic we? of Ireland full international squad was there and management. 
and it was like we just heard like shouting and 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 sort of like quite loud and, and we just thought oh, it must be someone just having a row about something or whatever we didn't know and the next thing we heard a gun go off like literally a shotgun going off and we're like, ah, like obviously there's a few swear, what the hell's that people got under tables people ran out there's an exit sort of door to the other side of the room to go back down into the main part of the hotel to get away from it and stuff and it was just so weird because we didn't know if the guy with the gun was going to just show he's come down the step. Literally had a flight of steps to come down, and the full international team was there. So it was it was a bit scary to be honest. And, and luckily, he just well, not luckily. I think he just maybe we took some money from the takings and reception and, and shot it was off. Was a full on robbery. It was a full robbery. Yeah, there's only like a, a level between us, and it was open sort of. So it was just we, we were diving cover a little bit because we realised then that this is not just somebody having an argument. This isn't a drill. Reception. No, it's not a fire drill for sure. But uh, <laughs> yeah, it was a bit scary. And after you know when, when it all calmed down, obviously the guardy Shea Connor, which is the for people who don't know the equivalent of the police in Ireland came out and and you know that you could see all the pellet guns in the roof so we shot the gun into the roof of the reception you could see all the people. holes in the yeah yeah they frightened people yeah so definitely done that definitely done the trick who had the quickest heels there was a few gone and then a few people started taking their watches off what if he wants or why we you know there's just some mad stuff goes on in your head how your mind works yeah thinking it? maybe he's here he's, for us where where's the team at because we're, we're just eating at that time maybe he knows you know, you think he's done his homework. He couldn't get talking about Bruce Wallace. You know, he's done all yeah, these yeah, different yeah. things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's come to get us. So people started taking a watch. People started running. It was just weird, but um, luckily enough, he wasn't there for us. Thankfully. Now, we've had the great good fortune of um, picking off quite a few of that team. Mm. Robbie Keane's been on this podcast. Yeah. Duffer's been on this podcast very entertainingly. Mm-hmm. Uh, Kev Kilbane has been on it as well. Um, which of those that I've just named? was nearly lost to the sea at Port Manor. <laughs> Did Duffer tell you that story? Well, I, no, there's, still, there's still many people who fear that he wandered off. You know how like, the, the Beatles fans say when Cartney actually did die in a car crash? Yeah. Right, and it's just, it's been imposter for the last 35 years. Yeah. There are some people who wonder if it's the real Duffer. Do you know, <laughs> do you know what I'm saying? Oh, that's brilliant. We used, to, we used to do that a lot, actually, because we, we stayed in Port Marrick, and for anyone who doesn't know Port Marrick, it's right on the beach, the hotel. It's beautiful, isn't so it? So it's beautiful, yeah, it's beautiful, but you can imagine the sea is, is, is not so warm. It's not like... I'd say cold. It's not next day Barcelona where it's nice and warm, <laughs> but it's really cold, to say the least. But what we used, you know, we were, this is before ice baths and stuff, our ice bath was the sea. So a lot of the times after training, the lads would go in, and Duffer was, was probably one of the best professionals I've ever worked with, to be honest, and he would religiously go in after training every day, you know, for that recovery to get ready either for the game the next day or for another training session. But he would go in with the headphones on, he would go in with a coat on and, and you know, shorts or whatever. And, and um, I think some woman was walking her dog along the beach at the time or something. And, and she shouted like Duffer and Duffer had music on from and he's turned around and he's given, ah, don't be silly, I don't know. He didn't even want to listen to her. He just got, it was kind of like, he was in his own zone. And you can imagine how cold, because I've been in there myself, how cold it is. The last thing you want to do is have, have any conversation with anyone you're just trying to get in there and, and get it, done and get it and get done out. and get out. So she's obviously took it. Oh, he's he's gone to like obviously take his own life. He's gonna end it up. Yeah, he's gone because he's got looks. For, she, she can only see. You can't see. He's got shorts. So she can only see up to his waist. Like and he's got his full clothes on, and he's just walking into deeper and deeper into the sea. So she's ran off and call, called the local coast guard. And next thing, so Duffer's always been. I think we normally done about five, maybe five, ten minutes max in the sea and back up to the hotel, showered and that. And by the time the bleeding Coast Guard came in the helicopter, there's nobody there. He's nobody there. So that makes it even. He's possibly. You think he's gone? Yeah. So up and down the thing, we, for it seemed, must be a good couple of hours looking for him and, and, and then realised, obviously, I don't know how long it took him to realise it was actually Duffer who's tucked up on his bed at this time after a nice warm lunch and he's probably watching a film or something in his bed getting ready for training. Like, pulsing through the muscles. I know, yeah. Ready to rip it. I think we, we may have been looking out the window thinking, 
know what that helicopter's doing up and down the coast there? Because it's just outside our hotel. Not on the same subject exactly, but we have beautiful sponsors. Bet365 have sent this question in for you. Mm-hmm. And it's, an, it's I guess it's an easy one, a really easy one. What's the toughest or worst part of being a goalkeeper? Toughest or worst part? It's probably the loneliness of it, of when you make a mistake, the loneliness of just you there on your own and, 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 and thinking, you know, I should have saved that or whatever. You've let your team down. We talked about the fans before. You feel like you've, well, this is me personally, you feel like you've yeah. let the fans down, the club down, the owners. You've, you feel like you're responsible, you know, to, to, to what's just happened, you know. And, and the thing is, early part of my career, I struggled with, with dealing with mistakes and, and and I took it on board myself to get a sports psychologist to, to help me with that. But, you know, it, it is a lonely position. And then you might not touch the ball for another 20 minutes after that because that's just the position you're in. I don't know if there's a, there's a, I don't know, a mentality that, you know, the keepers, maybe the, the less talented than the rest of them. But I used to be the top goal scorer in my school. I, I, I used to love playing up front. You know, I was, I was kind of crossed between playing out the fielder and goals. My dad said I should be a goalkeeper. He was a goalkeeper and all that kind of stuff. But, you know, I think, you know, people maybe later in life even think still think that maybe we're not as talented as, as the outfield players. But you look at Ederson now, you look at Kepa at Chelsea, you look at the amount of money he's played, how much would David De Gea be worth now? You know, Allison's gone for 67 million to Liverpool. You look at the prices that are getting paid for. Suddenly, in my opinion, there's been a, a, literally a wake-up call to all managers, all owners and all people around the world that... Do you know what? Yes, the striker might be the most important, but I'll tell you what, the second most important is the goalkeeper. Because if you've got someone keeping them out, and especially now when you look at the styles of play, that, for example, Man City with, with Ederson, how Pep Guardiola wants to set his team up, and you're one of his most important players and his whole team. And, and you know, you talk about Aguero and all these flair players and Sterling and all these guys, but one of the main people in all this, his whole system is the goalkeeper. And, and that is critical. And, and what... What they paid for him now, you could say, is a bargain. They paid thirty-five million for him because he's been so good and and so good with the ball at his feet as well. He literally is a, an eleventh outfield player when they have the ball, and it's 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 just remarkable. I feel that it's taken so long for 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 people to realise that. Well, turning that around, I'm so glad you've. Taken I went, I went a bit of a rant that. there, didn't I? No, 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 <laughs> because that was that's the central part of what we wanted to talk to you about. Because mm. whether it. Before we talk about breaking keepers down, whether you talk about De Gea or Alisson or Ederson, the British media predominantly say that the top three goalkeepers in the world are here. I think Neuer was, I think because of age and injury, that time's probably gone. I know that a lot of people here don't watch La Liga quite as much as they used to when it was on Sky, mm-hmm. um, or as much as I do because I live there. But if I look at Courtois, who's just come back, Kaler, who won three straight Champions League, Mark andre Ter Stegen, who's a different kind of goalkeeper in that he's yeah. probably dimensioned like you, whereas, you know, Ederson, Courtois are, are giants of men. Well, Ederson's not, I wouldn't disagree with Ederson's not, but Courtois for sure, yeah. Courtois is. Neuer, for sure. yeah, for sure. Neuer was. And if you keep going down the leagues and you look at um, David Soria or, or Neto at Valencia, and you add just those two countries without even going back to where Leno came from, and I, I, I've yet to learn enough about Leno, but... You know, it'd be my contention that we're, we're living in the golden age of goalkeeping mm. for any number of reasons, the number of candidates you can argue about, about how to compose a top five around Europe, never mind the world. Mm. It's brutally hard. You can say, well, my team wants to play at this, therefore he's better than him because of our brand of football. Fine, okay. Mm. One, who are the guys 
that are your that have your preference for whatever reason you want to say and two why is it that we've come to this golden what has the level of goalkeepers across a broad spectrum gone up I think the position has changed over the years and especially in recent years and, and maybe that's why maybe the goalkeepers are more in the in the spotlight to a certain degree because the transfer fees for one there's a realization that this is a hugely important position for for the whole team and and the way we want to play I mean I'll go back to Man City the way they want to play you know Liverpool Klopp as well you could argue I mean I'm talking about Premier League clubs because as you say, I don't see. I mean, I know there's all black as well at Atletico. You didn't mention who's a phenomenal goalkeeper. He, he might be my number one, right? Yeah, now. yeah. In in what I would consider pure goalkeeping, the art of stopping goals. Yeah. When it comes to playing with the feet, then it's a broader discussion. I would yeah, need yeah. your input. But all black, but that, that's a, a case to be number one. Yeah, everyone everyone has a different thing. So Pep Guardiola might think. The number one box you need to take is how good is he with the ball at his feet, right? Okay, Ederson is, is probably, for me, the, the best maybe in the world. His composure with the ball at his feet, his thingy. Then you go, who's the best shot stopper? Now, you would say maybe David De Gea or you, you mentioned All Black. They could be two of the best shot stoppers. But Pep Guardiola might be sitting in this chair and thinking, yeah, they're, they're fantastic shot stoppers, but I want them to be better with the ball at the feet. I want them to be the 11th player when we have the ball. It's... Who's the manager? What manager at that club? And what do you know what I mean? What like play? Simeone at yeah. Atletico would be like? Well, I wouldn't change all black way any keeper in the world. There's no way he'd you know ever I mean? allow Ederson to do that. He'd never sign him. That's, That's I mean. anathema to yeah. Simeone. You're right. So and Pep Guardiola might say, well, all black's not good enough for me with the ball at his feet. That's yeah. so it's it's difficult for anyone to be at the top of the pyramid. And, and on every single person's eyes, and that's a good thing about football—not just goalkeepers, but everyone has a different opinion. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing, however you ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business, from the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. But when, when we look at or my contention, I mean, I agree with everything that you've said, and my contention would be, there's never been a time when there's such a wide range of absolute excellence, and maybe there's a simple answer, but I'm fishing for it. <laughs> Full-time one-on-one training every day rather than... Like, how I remember when Hodgson was coming through with, with Gorham at Rangers in Scotland, and one-on-one goalkeeper training was not necessarily the most common thing that yeah. existed, but he was regarded as... You know, a world guru like Stedman and Nisarge or yeah, whatever. Mad, yeah. And now every single club 
we'll dedicate time yeah. to that. It's part of the central part of the work you do here at Derby. Yeah. You know, is is one on one individual training every day the reason for it? Is it footballers saying, well, there's more to my job as a goalkeeper, therefore I have to expand my skills? Do you, do you have a feeling for why the level is so high um, across the industry? I mean, yeah, I know what you mean. Yeah, I think that obviously helps if you've got a coach coaching you every single day. You know, I started my career at Glasgow Celtic, and we had Joe Corrigan who came in on a Thursday. Ex-Manchester City. Yeah, ex-Manchester City goalkeeper, came in on a Thursday and coached the keepers for one day a week. So if you take one day a week now till we're in here seven days a week, then naturally they're going to improve, get better. And also, I think the game's moved on and then the actual position of being a goalkeeper has moved on. You know, we used to get the ball and you'd be told to kick it down as far down the pitch as you can yeah. get it away from our goal type thing, you know. And if anybody looks to get the ball off you, push them up the pitch. You know, I used to get some horrendous back passes and I would see names and numbers going the other way. There'd be no one giving me any option to show for it. And now you, you see like the likes of most teams and even here at Derby, we, we encourage to play it from the back. So when the keeper gets it, he has should have, you know, three, four, maybe five options where, where to play the ball. And I think that's good the way the game's moved on. When the well. names and numbers are running away from you, mm. we don't need to name them, mm. but because they were, because some footballers don't show. You know, no. Like, I'm not having anything to do with that. Yeah. Or a coach says, never do that, never pass it along the you know, never take yeah, it. Yeah. What, what, what was it in that situation? The culture was still get it long, players would hide from the responsibility on a bumpy pitch. What, what? Yeah, uh, probably the whole the whole coaching's moved on, not just the goalkeeping coach, but the whole game's moved on so much now that, you know, in, in, in a sense, you know, people like Pep Cordial and the likes have to take the credit for that because they've revolutionised the whole game of, of, of keeping possession and you know, we, we do studies here, analysts here and stuff about, you know, at times we kick the ball along sometimes because we just, there's no options. We're, the, the opposition have pressed really high. We can't get out. We've kicked the ball. And, and even maybe we five minutes to go, we're leading the game. We think, let's just kick it long, get up the pitch and, and squeeze it. But then we've put a, we've put a stopwatch on the thing we, and within nine, ten seconds, the ball's back, back in our box. It's back. So when the ball was at your feet, you know, in any of your club situations, were you comfortable playing it? Did mm -hmm. you? I enjoyed playing it actually. I much preferred playing, but different, different. I, I was sort of at the end of when it was kind of norm to play it. I was kind of it was just coming into that when I was sort of coming out of and being honest. And I would love to play now. You know, I, I hated just kicking the ball on and, and and what have you. And one because McGrange after games used to be hanging because you just had to kick it as far as you could and you'd be ice packs in your groins and your thighs basically. And, and now it's just. Because I was quite composed when I played as well. I, once I crossed the white line, you know, it can be quite frantic at times, but once I crossed the white line, that was my sort of, I felt at ease with myself on the pitch and, and, and I could see things before they even happened. I could, I could just, you know, and I just feel that if I was playing now in the modern game, I, I would love it. Like I would love, you know, the Ederson position to play and be a sweeper and stuff. I used to be a sweeper, people used to say I'm really quick off my line and stuff, but I'd be quick off my line just to clear up the pitch again. Mm. Whereas if if, they, if my defenders at the time would, would be like making angles and stuff, what a then I, was just, I would just be laying it off to them. It would be ah. so simple, you know, but that's the way the game's moved on. And, and I'm not saying, I, you know, it was it was terrible back then and it's brilliant now, but it's just different different times of, of, of the game. Um, Bet365 sent us another one. Again, I think it's reasonably simple. Um, for you, but not for us, because every footballer has different criteria about what they do well. So if I asked you to name your greatest ever save, mm. not only what would it be, but why would you choose it? Mm. Um, 
Well, it's difficult. I'm not, I'm not a great person of saying I was brilliant at this and that was an amazing save. Or, this is off the record. Nobody's listening. No, yeah. Just between you turn the mic off. And me. Yeah. Um, That's it. Because uh, I don't know. I mean, probably the one that stands out is, is New, Sunderland v Newcastle. So I was at the Stadium of Light and I made a save up to my left off Kevin Phillips and it was... You know, obviously, you can imagine the Derby games up there used to be phenomenal and, and the atmosphere, and, you know, we used to get bust in, and even the away fans get bust in. We sort of police escorts and stuff, and mm. you'd imagine the reception you get going into the stadium and, and all that stuff. And I loved all that. I was like, the bigger the game for me, the, the better. I was like, bring it on. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? That's yeah. that's the sort of mentality I had. I was like, come on. And, and, and in that game, that's one of the saves, but I had about, I can't remember how many. I had a lot of big saves in that game, but that was the best save that I made in that game. And there was other great saves, but it made like... Technically, reaction, No, it was pressure. a shot just from the edge of the box, and he whipped it, and I've just literally gone full length to my left, step and dive right up to the top, his right hand corner, my left hand corner, my left hand, I just got a finger to it. And it was one of them one saves you make, and you literally landed a yard outside the post or something, and it was like, I went thinking I've probably got no chance of saving it, and I, I say to the lads even now every day, you know, you can't save with your eyes, and that, that means, you know, you don't look at a good internet, you, you, you surprise yourself sometimes, you... you, you Someone a coach told me when I was 15, you can never save a shot with your eyes. You know, you see keepers and they stand and it hits the net. And Bobby Robson used to say that to me. He goes, son, I'm 72. I can stand and watch the ball going in the net. I want you to die for it. <laughs> and that stuck with me, all that, you know, all that stuff over the years. Like, but that was one of them saves. I've literally flew as far as, as, as humanly possible. And I got the end of my finger on my left hand to it. And I just got enough of the ball to go around the post. I mean, I remember, I think, rolling over and getting up. And I sort of give it a bit of a nod. I think it was Kevin Phillips, and I just give it a bit of a nod. Is that like as if they say, "Is that the best you got?" Like with an arrogance and a, and a sort of like, right? And he he at that stage because he he couldn't hit any better. He was thinking, "My God, we're not scoring today." It was one of them days. That I think some coach said, "Once you, you could have saved water today. You were just saving everything. You know, you could have caught water because it's just, it just you get days like that as a goalkeeper. Of course you do. You get days you're you're on un, you're unbeatable, and that save. And the reason I say that save is because I think it made the top ten saves of. Of Premier League history or something, and that that probably why it was in my head stuck out as well. But it was it was the derby. It was all it kept a clean sheet. It was it was a lot to it. You know, it was good. Thank you for joining us for season 2018-19. We've got huge creative plans for the months ahead, but we do need your help to make them happen. Please go right now to patreon.com forward slash Graham Hunter and become a social, become a paying member and get an extra big interview every month plus loads of bonus content. Last season, socios listened to nine exclusive big interviews including Rafa van der Vaart, Troy Deeney, Roberto Di Matteo and loads of me talking about football. The Premier League, the Champions League, Spanish football. I'm sure they enjoyed it and you will too. Support us, join us. Thank you. Okay, here's the situation. Our daughter Mia is leaving for her first sleepover. We have friends coming to stay, and we just got a puppy. So I go on Instacart and solve everything in one order from Kohl's. Fun PJs for Mia. Oh, new bedding for the guest room. And a vacuum cleaner that actually picks up pet hair. All delivered in as fast as 30 minutes. With Kohl's on Instacart, there's no such we can't fix. Visit instacart.com to get free delivery on your first three orders. Offer valid for a limited time. $10 minimum order. Additional terms apply.